You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's just break it down. There is an actual chance. There is a slim but factual chance that Texas A&M could actually make it into the college football playoff and actually win the SEC still. It's a lot of things that have to happen. A lot of luck has to go A&M's way, but it's not dead just yet. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. You can listen to us right here on YouTube, on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Plus, you can listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. For anyone watching, I am the host of the show. My name is Cole Thompson. Name right down there below if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out all my great written work at AllAggies.com, part of Sports Illustrated, and of course, you can always follow us right here on YouTube. Subscribe button right down there below somewhere. You know that you want to subscribe to the show because let's be real, I'm a lot of fun, and if I'm not, at least it gives you something to complain about every single day. I'm totally okay with that too. It's more views. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what Texas A&M has to do to move forward. A monumental win over Alabama. This is huge for the program. This is big for the future of the organization. This is going to help in recruiting. This is going to help build its program and build its success for the long term underneath Jimbo Fisher, who as of right now is still the head coach. I don't think he's going to go to LSU. Nobody's paying $10 million for Jimbo Fisher. I'm sorry. it's Nobody's paying $10 million for any coach. I mean, unless you're Nick Saban. Or maybe even Dabo Sweeney. Nobody's paying $10 million. Nobody is paying $10 million. And I get Scott Woodward, and I get the relationship that he had bringing Jimbo Fisher over to Kyle to College Station. It, it's just not happening. It, it, it won't happen. I promise you, it will not happen that way. It's not going to happen. So, let's just look ahead of the season right now. What does Texas A&M have to do to go to the college football playoff? Um, let's go with this. For starters, they have to win out. Every single game. They have to beat Missouri this weekend. They have to beat South Carolina. They have to feel confident when they go into the bye week. When they come back, they have to beat up on Auburn. They have to beat Ole Miss. They have to beat Prairie View A&M, and they have to beat LSU. All those things have to happen. Every single bit of that has to happen. On top of that, you got to remember that LSU, they I mean, Auburn, they have to beat because Auburn could be a one-loss team coming into that game. And if they are a one-loss team coming into that game, that likely means that they beat Arkansas, who would have three SEC losses at that point, which, you know, I, I love the underdog story of Arkansas. I did not think that they were going to go run the table in the SEC West. It's just so tough of a division. So you got to be able to get that. Uh, Mississippi State has to lose to Alabama. So that's coming up. Alabama also has to lose one more game. So AM has to beat Ole Miss, and they have to beat Auburn, and they have to beat, uh, and they have to beat South Carolina. And LSU, and LSU, Arkansas, or Auburn has to beat Alabama. That has to happen. Because of the only way that AM would hold the tiebreaker over the Crimson Tide is if they ha- both have two losses at the end of the season and they beat one of the teams that beat Alabama. Keep in mind, I believe, yeah, every single team in the SEC West has one loss right now. Mississippi State lost to LSU, LSU lost to Auburn. I mean, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. 
Texas A&M lost to Arkansas. Arkansas lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost to Alabama. Auburn lost to um um crap. Who am I blanking on? I know Auburn lost to somebody. I'm like, who was it? I gotta look that up now. Uh, I'm like so shocked. I don't know that off the top of my head, which is amazing. I can rattle off everyone else, but I can't rattle that one off. Um, oh yeah, they lost to Georgia. They lost Georgia last week. That was it. So everybody has to lose somebody. Everyone has at least one SEC loss. Alabama would have two losses. A&M would have, I mean, A&M would still have two losses. Arkansas already has two losses. Ole Miss losing to A&M would have two losses. Auburn losing to A&M would have two losses. And then Mississippi State would already have two losses because they lost to Alabama. So that's the only way that it can happen. But if it does happen, A&M would actually go to the, would go to the SEC championship. Now, who would they play in the SEC championship? That actually could be decided this weekend when Kentucky plays Georgia. Because if Kentucky were to beat Georgia, even if Kentucky lost a game, the only way that Georgia would go would be is if Kentucky lost to a team that Georgia beat. So they would have one loss on the year, but because they hold the tiebreaker, Georgia would move on. Now, if Georgia wins that game, I, I don't see Georgia losing a game in the SEC. I just don't see it happening. It's just it's just impossible. Georgia's defense right now is so elite. Georgia's defense right now is so talented. You can make a valid argument that what Kirby Smart has in Athens is probably the strongest college football defense we have seen in the last decade. And that includes some of the best Crimson Tide defenses we've seen, where at one point they featured, I think, four pro bowlers on the staff. There was four pro bowlers starting at one point on Alabama's defense. That's how talented they are as a unit. That's how talented Alabama has been in the past. And I think Georgia's defense could be even better than that. By the way... When they played back in 2018, when it was Georgia versus Alabama in the actual national title game, Georgia's defense that year was also pretty freaking elite. They were really damn good. That defense is blown out of the water. This defense is so much better than them. They've allowed a grand total of, I think, 33 points all season. They allowed 10 to Auburn. They allowed, um, uh, they allowed zero to Arkansas. They allowed zero to Vanderbilt. They allowed thirteen to, uh, they allowed thirteen to South Carolina. So now we're at twenty three. They allowed three to the likes of Clemson. I think that's it. So yeah, uh, I mean, and then they allowed ten to somebody else. So it's yeah, uh, ten to UAB. That was it. Ten to UAB. So thirty three points all season. They're that damn good. If Kentucky wins, I could absolutely see AM beating Kentucky. I absolutely could. And, I, and Kentucky's a great story. It's a great story, Mark, and it's really fun. But there's not a chance in hell, I think, that Kentucky's offense can match up with Texas A&M's defense. If AM beats Georgia, even with two losses, it's very hard for me to consider them not in the college football playoff because they won the SEC. If they win the SEC, that kind of feels like you automatically get in. And don't think that this has not happened before. In the BCS era, LSU was a two-loss team. They had two losses on the year. They lost to Kentucky, and I think that they lost to Georgia in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm trying to think. It was either Georgia or who was it? Uh, Arkansas. They lost to Kentucky and Arkansas that year, both in overtime. So Les Miles said that that was good enough because it was overtime losses to get in they got the number two seed to the BCS, uh, to Ohio State get the number one. They march in. They beat Ohio State. They win the national title. It's not unheard of. In the college ball playoff era, AM, without a doubt, with a two-loss team, unless there's a bunch of two-loss teams, would be the number four seed. So Iowa could be number one. Cincinnati could be number two. 
Let's throw Oregon in as a one-loss team as number three, and then A&M would be number four. They at least would be in the conversation. Uh, there's, a, there's a way to where I think that Georgia, if they were undefeated all year, you would put Georgia in as number three, A&M is in at number four, but the SEC champion has to be in there, so that would be, make the sense if they were in. But that's the biggest thing, is that they, that's the question mark here, is where do we draw the line? I think that right now, A&M, they control their own destiny. One loss, they're done. Like, like, like this conversation does not happen if they lose one more game. And I think everyone understands that. So let's go ahead and talk about the positives and negatives. What is the best situation if AM doesn't get to the SEC championship? But before we do that, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Price Picks. Let me tell you about Price Picks, everybody. If you are a college football fantasy nerd, this is the place for you because it's college football fantasy, just like you see on the Sleeper app, just like you see on ESPN, on Yahoo Sports. Uh, Prize Picks also has it as well. It's the leader in college daily sports fantasy. You can get any single player that you want over under bet lines on star names from the SEC, the Big Ten. If you really want to go even deeper, Mac Nation, Conference USA, the Mountain West, they're all watching in. They want to get you involved. You can go make those bets. And every single bet that you make, $20, $100, $50, whatever it is, it can get up to a 100% deposit back. So if you deposit $100, you will get up to $100 back. When you use the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON for 100% back on your very first deposit. Use the award winning app. Uh, picks can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, it's that fast. Plus, Prize Picks gives you fast and offer withdrawals in an instant. So you get your money right away. Don't hesitate. Click on prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy, especially at the college football level. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. So, what are the positives and negatives of Texas AM in the season? So let's just go with this. Say AM wins out. They, they, they win out. They beat everything. Because this was the last tough game in my opinion. Ole Miss, I think, is beatable. I definitely think LSU is beatable. Auburn is 100% beatable. All you got to do is just take Bonix out of the conversation. You need to win against Missouri, and you need to win against South Carolina. And you're going to be Prairie View. I, like, like, like Prairie View, 100% is going to happen. If you win out and you're 10-2, you probably are the third or fourth team in the SEC. Because of Alabama, I don't know if they lose out. I don't. I know for a fact, just, just just from somebody who went to the school, somebody who has covered the team, somebody who has seen it live, when Alabama loses the next game, you pray. You pray if you are the opposing team. So Mike Leach, Mississippi State, Wade Davis Stadium, they're sitting there shaking in their boots going, ah, crap. Ah, crap, they lost. Because of Alabama plays murder ball the next game. Nick, Nick Saban does not care. He, like, he does not care. The game that I would say that was probably one that you have to watch for is Arkansas. Because defensively, I think that if you can go pound for pound with A&M defensively, like Arkansas did, you can go pound for pound for Alabama. So Arkansas, I think, can maybe get the upset. And I think Auburn could get the upset. I really do. Because if I do think with the offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien and how he called that game against Texas A&M, if you call a better game plan and you're Brian Harson, you could absolutely beat up on Nick Saban. And you can absolutely beat up on this offense if you run a similar formation of what Mike Elko did. But if that's the case, AM, you know, still 10 and 2. If they lose in the SEC championship and they're 10 and 3, I still think they're in line for a college football New Year's Six Bowl game. I do. I, I really do, because of the runner-up feels like they have to be there. And that would actually mean Alabama 
would not be in the conversation. Because keep this in mind that last season, I believe, yeah, Florida was three, three had three losses on the year. They had two in regular season, one to LSU, one to Georgia, and then they lost to Alabama. They still went to the Cotton Bowl. They still went to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So the reason why was they represented the SEC East. So say Alabama, let's, let's just humor me, humor me, just have some fun with this. Say Kentucky runs the table. They 100% win out. They go all the way to the finals. They represent the SEC East, and they beat A&M. Or they beat Alabama for that, for that matter. Is Alabama as a three-loss team in? Probably. If A&M is there, are they as a three-loss team in? I would say so. Why not? Like, why not A&M? If we're going to be fair about this, last season, Florida went in with three losses and got to play Oklahoma. I would say the same thing. If A&M is the representative of the SEC West as a three-loss team, but there were two losses in regular season, I would give them the bid to go to the uh, to go to the Fiesta Bowl or go to the Sugar Bowl or go to the... Um, it's not the Cotton Bowl this year. Um, it's not the, it's the Fiesta Bowl. And then, yeah, I guess it would just be those two. Because uh, it wouldn't be the Orange Bowl. I think the Orange Bowl actually hosts one of the college football playoff games this year. I think it's the Orange Bowl. Oh, the Peach Bowl. That would be it. The other at-large bid. So those would be the games. Like, like, like you could definitely make an argument that Georgia would get in as the representative of the SEC, and then maybe Kentucky, and A&M would be the other two at-large bids to get into the other games. That would be the highlight. Now, the low point would be A&M loses a game, they finish 9-3, and three, and they're probably playing in a really big bowl game, like the Outback Bowl, or the Gator Bowl, or one of these New Year's Day games that are day games. They're not the night games like the New Year's Six Bowl games. If you lose one more game, now where would that loss come? Nick's, uh, Jimbo Fisher said that it could come this weekend against Missouri. It really could. I don't think so. It, Missouri is dead last in run defense. They are the absolute worst team when it comes to stopping the run. And Isaiah Spiller and Devon A-Chain, and probably you can throw in Anaya Smith and maybe even Ernest Crownover. You can throw in all these guys. They could step up. They could immediately have a big time day. They absolutely could. I would have no doubt about it. They could rush for 340, 350 yards. And I would 100% say, you know what? It makes sense. It absolutely works. And I do believe that there's a valid argument to be had that, yeah, that's how they win the game. Calzada doesn't have to do that much in this game. The trap game I really think that's left on the schedule is actually Auburn. I think Auburn, if you don't know how to play Bo Nix, you're going to be in trouble because of the run offense for Auburn still is effective with Tank Bigsby. Um, I'm blanking on the other kid's name and Bo Nix. If you can't stop them on the ground, that's the trap game. You can easily beat LSU. Ole Miss, you got to take Matt Corral out of, the, out of the conversation. If you do that, you're fine. South Carolina, they, if you lose South Carolina, there's a lot of problems. And, and Missouri, same thing. Like Missouri, they were really hyped up. Their defense is atrocious. And more importantly, their run defense is so bad, it's not even funny. You can't lose those games. Auburn's the trap game. Auburn's the game where you would go 9-3, and three, in my opinion. And that also happens after a bye week, which is a big, big deal because of you never want to go into a bye week feeling confident, take that week off and be a little sluggish and come back and not play well. That is the trap game for me. So if anything, AM finishing nine and three is very plausible because of that trap game. But if they can beat up on, on um, Auburn, absolutely, AM could go 10 and two and run the table. But you also have to have things happen for you. Keep in mind, you have to have Auburn or you have to have Arkansas or LSU or 
I mean, let's just throw it out there. Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's playing good football. Can they beat Alabama? Can they end their streak since 2006? If one of those teams can do it, Alabama's out of the conversation. And that allows AM to move up if they run the table. So we'll talk about that. that that's probably the biggest thing. I want to talk about something that was said on the Locked On SEC podcast earlier today, and uh, it kind of disgruntled me. I think it would disgruntle a lot of AM fans, and you can probably just call them out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to myself, but we're going to talk about that next. But before we do, this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar is great for you. It's delicious, it's nutritious, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. So whether you're somebody like me who enjoys the uh, salted caramel or the peanut butter brownie or one of the other unique flavors, don't worry about it. There's nine unique flavors out there, so there's a bunch for you to try. And if you don't know what flavor you want, go ahead and order the variety pack. It comes with 18 different bars, nine unique flavors to help you pick out which one you want to go for the long term. They're great tasting. They're great for you. And more importantly, they're low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. Has about 18 grams of protein, 130 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and type in the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very first purchase. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. We're back in action. Thank you for making us your very first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked on SEC with host Chris Gordy at Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams in college basketball, college baseball, and of course, moving into the second half of the SEC football season. Subscribe on the Odyssey app, subscribe on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So, Spencer Hall of ESPN's SEC Network, Thinking Out Loud, went on the Lockdown SEC podcast. And he said that Zach Calzada could never have another game like he had for the remainder of his crew against Alabama. Mull on that. Just mull on that for a minute. Can he not? Okay, uh, tell me why. Tell me exactly why. Why can't he do that? Give me exact examples in the past where you've seen a team do this before and they haven't been able to do that again. Give me an exact example in the past of where beating up on an Alabama team, having a performance like this is actually going to turn out. Give me an examples. Come on. I, I need them. Yeah, because that's an opinion. It, it's not a fact. So anybody listening to that and goes, oh my God, I, is this really the best that A&M can be? No, it's not. It's, it's not. I mean, it could be. It very well could be. Spencer's not entirely wrong because if, it's not a fact. It's just an opinion that could become a fact. Think about this. Say he plays Ole Miss, who, again, doesn't have a defense like Alabama, but has a high-tempo offense that's probably still going to be top 10 when the two meet up in Oxford. When that happens, say Calzada throws for 475 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he leads his team to a 20-point win. Is that not on the same standard of Alabama? I mean, production-wise it is. Maybe it's not the same hype level, but production-wise it 100% is. Remember when Johnny Manziel marched into Tuscaloosa back in 2012? What happened after that game? Uh, every single game afterwards, he balled out and took home college football's greatest award. That's what he did. Like, that's exactly what he did for the remainder of his career. So, it's no offense to Spencer. I respect Spencer a lot. Spencer is a very smart guy. He was one of the pioneers at SB Nation. Every Day Should Be Saturday was one of the best websites. I can't believe it got defunct. I have nothing against Spencer for saying that because he's 100% correct that as of right now, that can never happen. But 
Is it never going to happen because of Spence, because of it's Alabama? Is it never going to happen again because of Alabama was projected to be this viatile monster that was completely dismembered that nobody was ever going to be able to find a hole? What's the reason behind it is all I'm asking. Because I can come here and say 25,000 times in a row, hey, um, yeah, he's never going to have a game like this again because of the stakes that have never been higher. The only other time that the stakes will be higher is if AM were to win out, Alabama loses one more game, AM gets the tiebreaker, they go to the SEC championship, and they play an undefeated Georgia team with the defense that they have. If that's the case, if that's what happens, then at that point, yeah, I would 100% be like, okay, that is the biggest game. If he can lead his team then, he will have a performance like that. And again, if he falls flat, Spencer's right. He will never have a performance like that again. But it's not set in stone just yet. And again, I look at the season ahead. Say Auburn beats up on Arkansas this weekend. They're going to move up in the rankings. Say that Auburn wins out until they play AM. Probably a top 15 game for both teams because AM would probably be undefeated as well. So probably you would see AM be maybe like 13, and you'd see Auburn maybe be like, I don't know, let's just throw it in um, 17 or, or 15. I mean, that's a top 15 win, being a top 15 team. Maybe it's not the same as Alabama, but that doesn't mean you can't have a great performance against a top 15 team. On top of that, and the other thing I just want to throw in there, um, say Ole Miss wins out. Say they beat Tennessee this weekend. They, they, they play strong all the way until that game in Oxford. Are we not sold that Ole Miss might be ranked back in the top 10? I mean, it's not Alabama, but it's still a top 10 game. And if, Al- if A&M wins all the way till there, they're on the cusp of being a top 10 team. I wouldn't say that they're number 10, maybe they're number 12, but they're pretty dang close. Are we not sold that if a dominating performance over an Ole Miss offense like this, the defense plays strong, the defense looks like they're elite, and you have freaking um, Calzada go off for 400 yards, we not sold that that's not a good game? It's just one of those things where doesn't feel like a good take completely. I get what I get what Spencer's saying. I 100% do. Because the stakes will not be higher unless you're playing against Georgia or in the national championship against an Iowa and Ohio State and Oregon. I mean, let's just be real. A Cincinnati that's playing their lights out right now. Until you see that game, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's not 100% like factual. It's also not 100% wrong. It really isn't. But to have a declarative statement like that maybe isn't the right way that I would look at it. I think that there's a lot you can still learn from Zach Calzada. And I do think that if that was just the coming out party, then there is a lot to like about number 10 moving forward. That's all I'm going to say. Like, There's a lot to like about what Calzada can do moving forward. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, I usually do Texas Thursday, but instead we have a Locked On crossover with Locked On Mizzou, breaking down everything you need to know, ups and downs, lefts and rights, what to like about Texas A&M versus Missouri. You're not going to want to miss that show. See you then, and remember, give me y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.